Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Ready. Play. time it is in the world wherever you are tuning in from this is a another one of these episodes looking back on the matches of the year on the atp side and in at number six uh we have andre rublev against holger runa in monte carlo and i'm uh, pleased to be joined uh, by jack jack how are you doing good thank you john yeah excited to get into this one um thanks very much for having me on of course Definitely. Well, I'll, I'll get into why it's such a big match. Um, but certainly Rublev for me, uh, one of my favourite players in the Tour Arena. Always exciting to watch. This should be a good one to get into. I'm excited. When, when I was looking at sort of different matches to choose, there were on both the men's and the women's side, it was like actually I think pretty much two that are just obvious. Uh, you've got to go for those two. And then there's like about 10 on both sides of the, the, the Tour where there's maybe one more that you say, yeah, that should be there. But then the other sort of four slots that we had available as we had on that Twitter spaces last week, 
Um, you know, it, it was really tricky to choose. And what, what I have found, though, is that the matches that I've gone through so far, when I do watch them back, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased that this... It's, I've not had any regret yet whilst watching some of these matches back. Um, in, in some ways, actually, the, the matches were even better. Now, I don't mean in terms of quality always, and we'll come to that with this match in particular, but in terms of drama, narrative, interest, and, by the way, plenty of quality too. It just There's just a couple of unforced errors that we're going to talk about that will um, end up dictating the match. Um, what are your thoughts sort of seven months on from, from this encounter? Yeah, so narrative-wise... Yeah, I think I think the most immediate thing I, I want to kind of broach is you look at the ATP top 50 or so and there are four players who've got all these storylines and you know they're the, they're the guys to talk about but then what happened to the rest of the tour? I mean who who really sticks out as you know a guy with a story to tell, you know, even Runa like what was Runa up to really for for the entirety of the year? You know, he, he wasn't really even playing second fiddle. Didn't contest for anything massive. Um, you know, I'm, I'll just chuck names at you. Obviously, Steph didn't have the greatest year. Zverev maybe with a bit of a renaissance, but even then, wasn't contesting for big titles. Harkatch, I mean, okay, Shanghai actually is a good story. So Harkatch yeah. maybe is, is an exception to the rule. I mean, Harkatch and Rublev are in this sort of category beyond the Grand Slam finalists. Yeah, they are in the next category down. So, I actually think her catch is, is very akin to Rublev in a lot of ways, and obviously, it's um, no coincidence as well. Uh, her catch was uh, Rublev was the guy that her catch beat in that Shanghai final as well. It, it does feel like you know they're quite um, paired up in that sort of way. But again, her catch may be an exception to the rule. My point is though, you know, Rude, uh, Kachanov, Tifo, all, all of these guys, all of these guys that kind of were doing some big things the year before have kind of just been like completely absorbed by these four guys who are her, mm-hmm. kind of hogging the limelight in a way. It's it's one of the strongest top four players we've seen in a while. Yeah. And for Rublev, the storylines were, were pretty gloomy, I, I guess, outside of this title, right? He, he didn't get past the quarterfinals again at Slam. Um, he lost in Shanghai as well. That was the other really big match that he wanted to win. It was quite disappointing for him. But he has this. And for the rest of the tour, if you look at the rest of the tour and the fans who are, you know, pining for a win for the rest of the tour, this is gold in an otherwise pretty barren wasteland of of winless encounters, I would say. Rublev winning Monte Carlo is a fan favourite. It is huge for Rublev, despite the fact he didn't capitalise on it. If he hadn't got Monte Carlo this year, this would be a very disappointing year, I would say. But for him to get his first Masters title, John, that's huge. It was massive, and it still is huge. And it is big for the rest of the tour as well, is the it point is. I'm trying to it, make. I'm glad you've touched on the the, the, bit, the, sort of the big four for 2023, at least. Um, because actually, uh, Rublev doesn't beat any of the big four, I, I don't think, in this tournament. And something, therefore, has to happen to the big four for possibly for even on on clay for, for for rublev to win this title and of course those things that happened include alcaraz not playing through injury uh he had the sunshine he had the sunshine double where he got to won one of them and and got to the semis in the other and then uh decided to to have a couple of weeks off uh as a result of miami exertions and so that helps 
Uh, we had, uh, well, Medvedev on clay, which at that time in the year we didn't know was going to be a force uh, du jour. Um, we didn't realize until Rome, but we'll come to that maybe some other day. And then, of course, we had Sinner, who you're obviously including now in the big four, but this was a pre-September Sinner mm -hmm. in a way that we knew, you know, could get there one day, but we just didn't know when. And that day sort of of arrival and really announcing himself as a big, big, big player on the tour was was post-US Open. And the other one, because there is another one amongst the, the, the big four, Novak Djokovic. Can you remember what happened to him in Monte Carlo? Um, let me, oh, yeah, Massetti beat him, right? Massetti. Lorenzo Massetti beat him. But the, the Monte Carlo bug has been a thing for Novak for a little while. But he also course. had, he also, he's, he's not always done well, or he's not done well in recent years in Monte Carlo. Yeah. Uh, I remember him losing to Dan Evans there, um, uh, among others, and uh, Davidish Fakino, I think. So it has yeah. always been, it's the first clay court tournament for him. He takes probably a little bit more uh, to get up and running on clay than he does on a hard court in particular, or, or grass, actually. And then, of course, he does run into Musetti. And I think he had some elbow issues as well. Yeah. Musetti played really well, nothing to take him away. So that's what happens to those four players that does then give this chance for Rublev, Aruna, or Hatchinov. But hats off to Rublev, Rublev because he was there to take advantage whilst others weren't. Yeah, I think the... I mean, the crowning stat is there have been nine, ten uh, Masters plus ATP finals this year, four Grand Slams, 14 big events, and two winners outside of those four names, mm -hmm. right? And of course, one of them, Hubi Hercatch, as mentioned, and the other one right here, Andre Rublev. So that is the slim pickings we're talking about. Two big titles up for grabs for the rest of the tour, and one of them is Rublev. So he, he did, you know, that that that's maybe all you need to know before we dive into this and it's the reason it takes a, a spot so high on the list because not only did it show the rest of the tour you know got something at least they, they have this to, to cling on to um, but it's, it's Rublev's such a lovable guy it was such a it was a win that was just desperately needing to happen for so yeah. so long everybody you know he's such an affable chap everybody's such a big fan of him Um, yeah fan favorite win title of the year probably I would imagine this, of course, was one of the three matches that were posted in a poll, uh, along with Struff against Alcaraz in Madrid and uh, Medvedev Sinner in Beijing. So this is one of the three matches that 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 made it. Uh, so it won that. It actually won the poll quite comfortably. It probably does suggest the number of Rublev fans out there over over necessarily the, the looking at the matches in comparison. Possibly Struff doesn't quite have quite the same following, for example. But um, but I think it is worthy of a spot. Um, I understand uh, certainly Damien and, and others, um, Carlos as well. Um, both that's Carlos uh, the magician on Twitter, not Carlos Alcaraz. Both suggested that that um, Runa and uh, Sinner the semi final uh, was probably of a high level and probably would have been in their top seven. Fair enough. There is an argument for that definitely. I just think that that the, the 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 excitement of this match, being a final, being a 1,000 and being Rublev's first. And as you said, you know, the longer it goes on, you start to wonder if maybe it'll ever happen. You know, let's just say he goes another 18 months without winning a 1,000 or higher or, or goes another 18 months without making a semi-final of a slam, which is still a, a pursuit of his. You know, the longer it goes on, the longer you start, you know, Sitsipas, similar, different, in terms of his goal is maybe slightly higher even, certainly amongst us. But the longer it goes on, the more doubts start to creep in. And when doubts creep in with Rublev, we do see some unfortunate consequences. Yeah, and I think that was one of the, 
the biggest factors here at least um let, let's just do a little quick comparison between the the shanghai final and the monte carlo final he had super tight both were super tight both were super tight exactly he, he had cause to lose his temper in both matches monte carlo he you know he's always going to have a chat with the team that he has never ever i think lost a set and not had some sort of reaction but um compared to shanghai um, he he was cool, calm, and collected. You know, he was, he was chatting to the team, but he came straight out and he broke Runa straight away. There was no hangover from the first set. He just got on with business, and he, he was down a lot. And well, we're going to get into all of this, but he was down in the third set in the match as well. You know, there was a lot of cause just to kind of throw in the towel, feel like you're defeated, and he just kept plugging away. And obviously, you see the results. You know, he he never he never actually you know struck himself which is, is something he he does he has done obviously you know it's, it, it sounds silly but at the same time it's 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 a big deal it's not um something to be taken lightly because if somebody's self-harming themselves in the court other people you know will look up to that idol think that's okay it's it's really mm-hmm. not it's not great um mm-hmm. it's not it's not a way to conduct yourself in court at all and i actually don't know why legislation of rules and regulations don't kind of put um you know some sort of unsportsmanlike conduct behind it's that difficult, it, right? it's difficult it, it, it's like, it, like breaking into your own home apparently is, is a crime yeah but it's well it's really breaking a racket right so what breaking a racket would be racket abuse self yeah, yeah. you know yeah. self-abuse um warning mr ripley should be the, mm. the way that's dealt with genuinely but you know anyway I, i'm getting sidetracked there point is he didn't do that in monte carlo you see the results. It was so beautiful not to see him implode, and his fans obviously were like feeling the same way. You know, he had so much cause to feel like he was down in that match, feel like it was chances squandered. He kept his cool and um, came out the other side of it a champion. It was it was great to see. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah. Um, let's get into the, the match and how it yeah. how it panned out because there were plenty of ups and downs. There was There's plenty of parallel and alternative universes out there where Runa does win this match. That's for sure. Because there were so many ways that he could have won this match. There's nothing, you know, that's this, often the case where that when a match is this close that that both players probably could have won it in two or three different ways. And maybe Runa could have won it even in even more different ways. Uh, Runa was really in charge of the first set. Um, I think he could have easily gone up a double break. He let Rublev on the, uh, off the hook in some really important rallies where he's so far up. But Rublev defended incredibly uh, in some of those. And in fact, I think they, that Rublev did break back before ultimately uh, Runa ends up having to sort of snatch that first set, if you like. Um, anything you want to add regarding the, the first set? Yeah, yeah. I think it was pretty obvious from the get-go that Rublev was getting pretty flustered by the, the Runa drop shot. Yeah. First, the, the drop shot itself has made a bit of a renaissance in the um, wake of this player, Runa, and Carlos Alcaraz, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, Novak Djokovic as well, who kind of added it to his arsenal as part of his clay court game. 
in yep. the latter years, you know, uses it quite a lot now. And it's quite mm -hmm. a big reason he, he's so successful on it in the latter stage of his career. Anyway, um, you can kind of see Rublev wasn't able to pull the same trick against Rune. It did feel like it was actually quite a big factor in the match. It wasn't just a little add-on. It was, you know, something that was kind of, you know, when they were neck and neck in the rallies, was making the difference for Rune. It was just about execution. So, honestly, okay, the first set went the way it did for Rune. It was pretty nip and tuck. But I felt like it was kind of in Rune's hands. From that first set, it felt like you know it was up to Runa yeah. to dictate the match, and maybe in a way that's kind of how it how it went. But there's the other thing I want to add to that though. Um, Rublev was a little more passive than he normally is, um, for better, not for worse. So for the entirety of the tournament, his backhand cross court had been so solid, and I'm sure there's stats on it. I think I did dig out some stats for at the time. Go check out the podcast then, you know, if you like, plug away. Um, why don't I? He he definitely hit a higher percentage of backhands cross court than down the line. He does like to change it up. He is capable of doing that. The reason he changes it up, of course, if you go down the line with your backhand with enough quality, you're probably more likely to get a forehand to the next shot. So if you if you want to break up the pattern, start to get your forehand back into play, the big weapon of Rublev's game, you, you go down the line. And he, he didn't do that. He was pretty comfortable trading over and over and over again. You kind of feel like if he'd played Daniel um, in the final of Monte Carlo with these kind of tactics, with this sort of confidence that he had that week, he would have had a really good chance. Um, because obviously backhands cross court, that's where Medvedev gets Rublev like every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. But he just looked so solid. Um, and although he looked a bit more passive and although Runa was the one that had to kind of change things up and dictate play, it was to Rublev's benefit is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, he, he was making Runa play a little bit outside of the box, which eventually came pretty good as we moved into the second set, of course, where things started to kind of get a bit wobbly for Holger. Yeah. Um, and it sort of began that way at the beginning of the second set. Rublev uh, gets an early break. In fact, this set was actually full of, of breaks of serve, um, which, of course, we see a lot more on the clay. And so Rublev does get an early break. goes up to love which is you know quite important in that it sort of stems the flow if you go down a, a set in an early break then it's a, a long way back but, but rublev does seize the early advantage uh despite the disappointment of losing that first set um but then runa breaks back immediately and probably at this point you're thinking okay i mean momentum and all the rest of it okay it's still only two all but clearly it's with with the dane um and then we saw the first of two at least uh, sensational lobs. Oh, he's made it. From Andre Rublev. We'll see a third one, uh, in particular from him in the third set as well. Uh, that actually is also helps him break. But of course, the other thing that helps him get a double break, as it turned out in this set, this is for Rublev, of course, was a double fault from Runa. Oh, wow. It's almost like he's just checked out of this set here, Runa. Uh, so now it's 5-2 to Rublev with a double break. And uh, he ends up uh, closing that set out pretty pretty comfortably. Um, that's sort of the, 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 the nuts and bolts of the, of the set that he wins 6-2. Uh, what would you like to add and maybe even flesh it out with um, Jack? 
Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to add a little bit of uh, relativity to that those lobs, right? So I, I feel like if you see Andy Murray lob somebody and it's a beautiful shot, you go, well, that's a great shot. But Andy Murray could do that seven days of the week, right? Mm. But you see Andre Rublev do it with a little bit of variety and the, for what goes on to be the biggest title of his career, you know, it's, it's a bigger deal, I think. I think there's a relativity to some of the shots you see sometimes and it kind of does make it a bit more like, oh my God, wow, that came out of nowhere. So if you, you know, if it was Hogaruna versus John Silk in the Monte Carlo final and John Silk starts, you know, lacing forehands past Hogaruna. You go, what is going on here? Yeah. Like, this is, <laughs> universe. This is amazing. Even more so if it was backhands, by the way. My, I'm, I'm not going to do the forehand either, but if there's going to be one of my two shots, it'll be the backhand that will be quite <laughs> But you get my point. It's, it's almost like yeah. when it defeats expectation, it's, it's, it's more exciting, it's more dramatic. And there was a bit of that. There was variety going on from, from uh, Rublev and obviously to the more trained eye, there was a lot more passiveness, ergo consistency from Blaiblev than we're, that we're used to as well. So it, the whole thing was very out of the ordinary from him and kind of made it a bigger, it probably was his best match of the year, despite the fact it was a little scrappy in some places. For me, I, I think it was because it was such a big result in the end and there was a lot of cause to get nervy and start to feel like, you know, you were panicking in your game plan, but he just stuck to it, he stuck to it, he stuck to it, he plugged away, he didn't change it at any point and eventually he came good. Um, I think in, another reason, Another reason why it would, would just add to his best week of the year, of, of, just aside from, from the fact he won the 1,000, but even just in terms of the way he played, was because he had to battle. He had to come through some really tough moments in the week, none more so than the final, as we've already highlighted. But actually, that's something that he he did throughout the week, coming from a set down. I think we said beforehand we it was in three matches that week that he was a set down to come yeah. back and win. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the final is, is another example of that. And that's that's even harder against an even you know better player, uh, Holger Runa. So there's a you know some some of the mental demons, of course, are, are often likely to occur in some of the tightest of moments, and the, and and that's when the breakdown might occur. But actually, Rublev fought through that and 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 with great success in Monte Carlo. Yeah. Um I think maybe there's there's also another perspective I'd just add just for devil's advocate. Maybe this is something we should have been talking about post third set, but it's on my mind now. Um is the fact that Rublev's backhand's not actually a weakness in his game. It's um it's maybe just a relative weakness, right? So you you put him up against 90% of the top one hundred and the backhand doesn't really look that loose. Um okay. but then you put him up against Novak Djokovic, uh, Daniel Medvedev, that's when he starts to press a bit and uh, things kind of unravel a bit so it's not it's not his backhand's good it's a, it's a good backhand and he can go line on it pretty well and he's, he's shown that in, in uh, pretty big matches um, and so even kind of pressed here I, I guess well in fact that's I think the point is Holger Runa didn't really press as much as he should have been pressing right and there there was an element of uh, Runa's backhand should have been doing better and it just wasn't um, mm. so whether that was physicality which Again, yeah, we'll a lot of people um, have touched on that, yeah, because of the, the difficult semi-final that Runa had. And it was late yeah. at night, I think, or late-ish by Monte Carlo standards. And and that week had a bit of rain as well, so so there were certain matches that were put back and delayed. And, and I think that, that semi-final that Runa had was rain hit against Sinner. And Damien, I know, certainly subscribes to the idea that, that Runa was suffering in the, in the third set. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's 
Should we start talking about that third set then? Because I, I mean, yeah. this is where the this is the nuts and bolts of the the match. Yeah. Really, this is where it was all made, right? Because obviously, Rublev goes into the third set with all the momentum, and it kind of just gets robbed from underneath him. Can you remember any of those big points in that first three games where um, Runa went up 3-0? Well, funnily, you should ask me that, Jack, and it's not because we just watched the highlights before we <laughs> clicked the <my> card. <laughs> but yes, I do recall them from, from seven or eight months ago. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the beginning of the, uh, the third set, it's, 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 a, it's Runa who draws first blood and uh, goes into a three-love and then ultimately 4-1 lead. Backs up the break. And again, that's that's probably the final thing. I mean, I'm actually almost getting a nice feeling in my heart as I as I mentioned this. It's 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 probably the final thing that rubber stamps this in the in the top seven for me because you know you've got a guy coming from four one down in, in the third set. It's it's pretty cool. And especially yeah. when you add in the chart the fact that, that Runa had chances for a double break um uh to go up 5-1 and then you know he's basically on the verge of serving for the match um so yeah uh for those reasons i think rublev does manage to hold though in that 2-4 game um uh or 1-4 to make it 2-4 despite being close to going a double breakdown uh runa had a break point for example at 1-4-1 for him if you like uh where it's a good first serve from from rublev but I would still expect Runa to make that more often than not. It does land out. It's pretty close. Um, but Runa, you can see, is frustrated with himself with that. Let, let, I think if we're being honest, he should have made it. Um, yeah, probably. I think he should. I, I think he As should've. you said, it's a forced, in, officially it's a forced error, but he probably should have at least landed it in. Uh, and even just landing it in and you're sort of 60, 40 down in the rally, that's fine on clay, you know, you're, especially on, yeah. on opponent stuff. But he doesn't and he's annoyed. Um, and, and Rublev basically does manage to hold in, in you know, maybe the biggest hold of his year uh, in yeah. many respects um, in com compared to where he was in terms of him being in a hole. And again, he's in a hole. He's in a really deep, deep, deep hole, one four down. And this yeah. is where we normally see Rublev go into, you know, self-destruct mode. But fortunately, he didn't that particular day. Yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, is it too early to talk about the smash? I think no, no, definitely not. We've we've led up to that. I mean, we're now we're now basically in the narrative. We're at two four um, with now or four two. I should probably say because Rublev gets that monumental hold. It was, yeah, sorry, of course, because it was just the one break point. Of course, was it? it was just that yeah. just that unreturned serve. Just that unreturned, but there was another point in the game. I think it might have been the the advantage Rublev, which is also an interesting one where where I think there's an unforced error from from Holger Runa and we're going to get to an even bigger unforced error from him in a second. But yeah, you know, there's it was probably... another, another one where he was in the ascendancy in the rally. In the ascendancy, but... yeah. And I think he puts a, puts a, a pin... when he puts the forehand long, do you remember that forehand we, we just had a look at? It was certainly yeah. in the, in this early period. And he puts a forehand long that, you know, you talked about his shape and his, and his balance during that rally and on the final shot when he's probably the guy who's 60, 40 up in the rally, but he goes, he goes long with a forehand. <laughs> 
again, that's the the thing that helps Rublev hold serve in this such an important game. Yeah, uh, my my kind of analysis of it basically was going to say it was, um, and again we'll we'll, t- we'll flesh this out. But he he goes for a forehand inside in, um, and he's yeah. just a little slow to get around it. The legs are just not quite getting him well, there you far go. Maybe away enough from the the ball. And maybe yeah, that's the team. maybe we we it's pretty. I think there's a few factors that would suggest it was fatigue. goes 4-5, you know, Rublev has to win the game to stay in the match, yeah. to possibly win the title, um, and then that first point, you know, 0-0, zero, zero, like, well, I've got to win this point, otherwise the odds would be winning the title, winning the match, whatever, drastically reduce. Um, and what does he do? I'm pretty sure Runa comes into the, the net, the approach is okay, so Rublev's got a little bit of time on his forehand, and for all the world, you would pause it there, and you would 100% expect Rublev to hit a forehand passing shot. Because it's his best shot, but with all the pressure on, he just kind of caresses the ball with his forehand over Runa's head, and it's this great clarity of mind. It's not the, again, it's not the kind of thing you would expect to see from Andre Rublev, especially under pressure. And it's it's actually a, a beautiful shot in a very beautiful. very high pressure moment. It's um, it's yeah, it's a bit underrated there, John. of magic the two lobs are actually quite different in the way that they come about and also the way that they're executed one was kind of a bit more of a, i think the first one which was arguably more sensational but to me at least watching it back just now didn't seem to be a classic top spin lob it was just unbelievable precision yeah, uh, yeah. from a from a fairly tricky situation where maybe it was the more impressive shot in some ways but because he probably didn't have so many options it yeah. almost makes the second one more impressive, especially in, when your brain can be fried in these particularly tense moments, that he actually just does a more classic lob and executes it perfectly with the, with the, also the classic scenario of, of Runa just, you know, you know when you, you, you're playing, but you also know when you're watching and it's like, oh, that's just landing in. There's just absolutely yeah, nothing yeah. I can do about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm Runa cooked. has that look on his face, you know? I'm cooked, exactly. And it's one of those, it's, it's one of those ones, especially watching the back there, I was like, if Rublev had put just a bit too much spin on that, he would be screaming his head off right now. Yeah. Why did I play that lob? Oh my yeah. God. Like, chance at a forehand pass. But of course, it was uh, beautifully crafted. So, the complete opposite um, was the reaction. He was very happy with it. Holds the love, loads of momentum yeah. there. And then we go to 5 all, and um, that's where the, the game was won. Basically, that's where the game set match happened. Oh, yeah. And it goes left 15. And Runa plays a perfect combination of shots to put Rublev under all sorts of pressure on the back end. Rublev skies the ball um, and Runa tries to get back for a smash and he's just a little too slow. He's just a little too slow and it's a it's a very, very makeable smash. Very makeable smash. You're talking like 90% of the time the player wins the point from there. Um, and it's, it goes from love 15 to love 30 and of course that changes the dynamic of the game incredibly as, as you know, Jack, that you know, 15 all and it's, you know, advantage server, so to speak. But yeah. love 30, 
and uh, everything is is different. But but that just one thing on that rally, there was some really good defense from from Rublev, so that has to be recognized. But but he's he doesn't really do a lot wrong, really. You know, sometimes we see certain rallies when you're up and you you're probably a little bit too cautious, maybe. But there was a forehand that just proceeded. Those that have watched a million matches, you can imagine. You, you, to get the smash in the first place, it's because you're just often gradually eking up a bigger and bigger advantage in the rally. That's exactly what happens. He's now got, a, I think, a short forehand to attack um, or short short ball to attack, which he does so with a forehand. Does the right thing. And 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 and, and it's not that cautious. It's not like he goes no, down the not, middle with that. He's no. quite close to the line. But Rublev does incredible with his anticipation, gets a racket on it. But And actually, even then, there's... The smash is pretty easy, but it's not It's not like 99 out of 100 smash. It's a 9 out of 10, if you like, that yeah. he should still do it. And he, and he does put it in the net, and it's love 30. And, yeah, I mean, the rest is almost history, right? The rest is on. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Almost history. Yeah, he does get broken there. The other oh. two points are a bit loose as well, aren't they? It's nothing too um, spectacular. But yeah. it's the five-all game that we've just been talking about. Yeah. <laughs> love yeah. 15, love 30 with that 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 smash that... that you know, um, Runa probably still thinks about to this day. And yeah. by the way, I think the final point of the game, the the final one, the nail in Runa's coffin, if you like, is a double fault as well. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, it's just um, it's just a, a pretty horrible game from from Runa's perspective. Um, but that's you know, a little more. It's a little more significant, I think, at five all. Actually, that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does does feel that now. And um, the, the comment I made on the double fault and the whole point was um, the smash. He was a bit too slow back to the double fault. He he skies the second serve. It's a little too long. Doesn't put enough topspin on it. All of that suggests there's a problem with the legs. And obviously, we saw it throughout the year. It was a big problem for Runa more than once. More than once. In fact, very frequently. You know, he plays Munich the following week. Absolutely dies in the final. But fortunately, he's. Uh, um, opponent was riddled with nerves. Yeah, Botic didn't quite go over the line, so he did manage to survive four match points there. Um, and then the same thing in Rome. Uh, Medvedev kind of took the legs from underneath him, another final, but couldn't quite make the same thing happen. Although that's a little different, that one. It was, very, yeah. it was a medley special. You're mentioning those finals, by the way. It, you know, Runa's season actually is quite paper thin from being a roaring success to a... Uh, didn't quite follow up Paris Bercy. We're not, we're not, we're not pressing panic buttons or anything. And there's, there's still, we saw it in Paris Bercy and, and Turin again. You know, he makes the ATP finals. It tells you he's had a pretty good year. Um, so it's not, a, it's not a complete. You know, it's not a, a Taylor Fritz, for example, where you know showed a lot of good stuff in in 2022 and just hasn't backed it up. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of they say paper thin between being a roaring success and uh, didn't quite hit the heights of Paris Bercy. It was definitely didn't. It was it was a not quite. It was an almost season, um, and let's look at it from Runa's perspective for a bit. This this would have been a really nice um, title to win, and actually Munich is the only title of the seasons. Very underwhelming. 
it really is. And uh, you know, this he should have won this one. He probably does feel pretty better about it. You know, he had a lot of chances, and for it to be a physical issue in the end, which it did look like, um, oh, he's going to be. He definitely was beating himself up about it. I think I remember him talking about it um, in the presser and kind of being like, "This one really does sting." It's uh, you know, it's one I, I really should have won. He does care a lot about it. Um, and a, probably the biggest loss of the season, I would say, um, not just because yeah. of the scoreline, but just in terms of the stakes, I think. Um, and 4-1 up felt, and chance for double break and all that. Yeah, it just felt like Rome was never really in his hands, uh, the way Medvedev played that day. And that was the other bigger match, biggest match of the season. I'm, I'm trying to think if I forgot anything, John. Where um, did French? I mean, Lost the French him. Open was a kind of a battle against his body from start to finish. He was sort of on the verge right. of going yeah. out in a couple of rounds. Uh, certainly, and then he does eventually succumb to Kasparud fairly meekly. But uh, it was a cla- it was a bit of a collapse. Yeah, if you if you said before the tournament that Runa's losing to Rude, you'd probably be a bit surprised, despite the fact that that happened in twenty twenty two as well. But once he got to that round, it, it, you know, you, the minute the match started, I think Runa breaks. Uh, so Rude breaks very early, and every every pundit and their dogs had. Um, I'm pretty sure Rude winning. Prior, um, sorry, prior to that match, because of the previous match, Runa yep. played Rundolo. I think it went yep. like whatever oh. it did in the fifth, really, really long, um, and everybody was like, his, you know, his legs are going to be gone again. We'd just seen it in like three, four uh, previous tournaments. You know, it's it's yeah. there's a recurring theme here, and yeah, it's been the story of, of Runa's season. You know, a few losses to Novak as well at the tail end of the season, where both times you kind of feel like he just lost it a bit in the third set. You know, super close, but again, yeah, that's the only thing that made a difference. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be the prevailing storyline going into 2024 for um, Runa. But more importantly, of course, because you know the winner here, the reason it's on the list, Rublev. This is um, the. Does it make goal. the list if Runa wins the match? I don't think it probably does. Probably not. No, probably not. It's not a first Masters title. It's, especially it's if he wins it. Deal. Especially if he wins it, like. 6-3 in the third as, as he threatened yeah, to do or 6-3 or 6-1 it doesn't it's more, it's more about the narrative and okay yes I think there will be folk maybe who argue it's it, because it didn't make an impact I guess on the rest of Rublev's season he didn't beat those four players as you said um, at any point maybe it's not as big a deal but I think the fact that it is like a little diamond in the rough of a season I, I, I think that's a it's poignant given that Rublev as a player, as a fan favorite, and you know, everybody's going to be like, "Well, at least he's got Monte Carlo." At least, he's yeah. Got and he's a guy, by the way, that may now go on to win three, four, five. But you, he's also someone that could have potentially ended on zero if he doesn't get over the line here. You know, it's a, it's almost like Sabalenka with Grand Slams. I actually do think she'll be a multiple Grand Slam winner now. But if she, if she goes, if she, if she'd had her year this year and she hadn't closed it out, out against Rabakina. You've been mm. starting to worry about, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. another one and, and so on and so forth. But yeah. um Rublev closes it out with nice. He is up 40-15 in that when he does finally get over the line. So that makes that that a little bit easier. It's not like you get a juice game or even have to save save some break points. But um yeah, from from the, the bigger perspective now, um, you know, he's if you're a neutral observer, as I largely am with with this match, but when you see him go to the ground and you see how much it means to him and and, and his speech afterwards, uh, it does warm the heart. And um, yeah, uh, he's a guy that now will probably, as I say, go on to win three, four, five big titles of various you know de- denominations, perhaps. 
But, um, you know, the longer that that drought had gone on, uh, the more you'd have been, you know, he'd be picking up, just imagine in 2024, he picks up a couple of 250s and it'd be like, yeah, that's Rublev. Whereas at, at least he's got the thousand now. And, I, and and it does matter if you've been there, seen it and worn the T-shirt when it comes to winning these big titles, because you do draw on that experience when you're in the tough moments, whether you're, whether you're Novak Djokovic or Rina Savalenka or now Andre Rublev, you know, I heard Savalenka and Djokovic talk about it a lot during 2023 uh, about how they do draw on this. Like, you know, I had, I had match points slip away before it's okay. It, it, it'll be all right because I know I can do this, you know, is, is sort of the mantra. And I think Rublev will, will feel that if he's a, if he's in a sticky situation in a match that he could and should win yeah. in a, in a 1000 final. I think that's a I think that's a huge point you're bringing up, John. Because I suppose the the closer here is going to be what does Rublev do in 2024? And you're and you're right. Certainly in this level, it was a big deal. Still, is a big deal. He cares a lot about it. We saw that in Shanghai. I don't think he sees it the same way as maybe your your Novak. Pretty much just Novak is just like one thousands whatever. I got four of them. Um, yeah. I think he, he is still still a big deal for uh, players like Andre for sure. And um, yeah, if, if that's that's one of the main goals, great. It's not the main goal, but if that's one of the main goals, he's he's in with a chance. Because you're right, if he hadn't won this, I think the belief would be waning and waning and waning. And well, it is because the bigger question is, of course, can he win a Grand Slam quarterfinal? So, so the the Chilich one that certainly springs to mind in, in Paris that he'll probably be quite annoyed about more than most. I mean, there's been yeah. two or three against Novak, I think. So well, you know, yeah, yeah, did he? Did he, he did all right in the Wimbledon one, actually, to be fair. And um, he got a set in that Wimbledon. I think it might have been the yeah. first set in Wimbledon. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, Rublev, bigger picture, 2024. You know, I, probably he has a similar year to what he had this year. He probably may well win another yeah. 1,000. He might not, but he might win a couple of 250s and five, And he may well finish the year top 10 and make the ATP finals. Uh, he, of course, will want more than that. Yeah, And, and if the draws, by the way, it's... it's mostly about the draw you know he could get a nice draw and be in a i mean him and casper rude i don't think there's a huge amount of difference some people who are big enough andre might say he's the the better player and the more talented one with the highest ceiling you know mm. maybe casper rude fans would disagree but but i probably would actually go slightly towards rublev so rublev gets casper's draw maybe he's in a in a one or two grand slam finals Others might argue that he doesn't have the temperament that Rude has, so that might go against him. But yeah, the the, the two chances he's had really were um, TFO and Church. Yeah, and, oh, and, and... no, no, I wasn't at the Chilich match. I was watching that with Owen on a big screen in in the environment in the in the um, in the grounds of Roland Garros. But I was actually at the TFO one. And yeah, he didn't didn't show up for that same uh, quarterfinal. Let, let's 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 be honest though. To be to be brutally honest, I don't think Rublev really. I genuinely don't think he, he he wants to win a quarterfinal. I think he wants to win a slap. I think That's he's still right. thinking. And it's partly think, that ambition, Jack, that I feel manifests itself in 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 this this frustration none more so than in the atp finals of last year when he's playing novak djokovic on arguably the, the most perfect conditions even better than wimbledon or, or rod laver for novak djokovic to win a tennis match and he's four all in the first set and he makes a couple of errors but nothing crazy and he just has a, a meltdown and you're thinking you know that perhaps those ambitions are in yours and not my eyes are probably slightly bigger than they, they could or should be. Of course, you know, sports competitors, I say you've got to be ambitious and that's what you've got to aim for. But I think he 
somewhere in his psyche and, and rightly or wrongly thinks that he should be getting to grandstand finals and at some point winning one you and i might say that actually this is this is where he's at and that's a, an unbelievable yeah. career but but um yeah go on it's probably as good as it gets um i i, I it's probably as good as it gets in fact the way, the best way to frame it is at, at this point in his career with what he has now this is as good as it gets his game is not better than Carlos's, Daniels, Novak's, and Yannick's, as it stands. There's always potential. There's always room for improvement. There is room for improvement. I should say that. Second serve is still incredibly weak. Um, it's a part of the game that Novak, in particular, has bullied and bullied and bullied um, every time they've met on a hard court. And of course, I think two of the quarterfinals this year were, were Novak, right? Um, so that's case in point. Straight sets both times. Oh, no, no, of course, yeah, sorry, one of uh, the first in Wimbledon. But the point is, yeah, he got bullied in that department. Again, you know, the forehand is big, but you can't just hope to smack the ball through these guys, particularly Daniel, again, who just gets under his skin pretty much every time they meet. He has beaten him a couple of times. But again, uh, US Open quarterfinal this year was Memedev. point is, as you say, you could get a king draw at one of the Grand Slams next year. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to be one of these guys in one of the matches you play if you're hoping to win uh, the tournament. So winning a Grand Slam next year, unlikely, unless he makes some big improvements, um, which he'll be striving to do. You know, he, he, he he's obsessed with this game, maybe to an unhealthy degree, but um, he's absolutely obsessed with it. So he'll be doing everything he can. Jack, this might be as good as it gets, um, but if it is, uh, we'll always have Monte Carlo. Andre Rublev, a Masters 1000 champion. Jack, big thanks. And um, yeah, thanks, I'm, sure, I'm sure our pals will be crossing very soon. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.